Hey, I'm not afraid of storms. I'm learning how to sail. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hey, welcome in right here at the end of the year, right before Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes, you're listening to the 48 Days Radio Show, where each week we take 48 minutes to dive into real-life questions about finding your passion, deciding what kind of life you want to live, and then finding or creating work that allows you to show up every day, excited to be able to do something that is meaningful, fulfilling, purposeful, and profitable. Hey, this is where normal, indecision, ambiguity wishing, hoping, come to die. Well, we're going to be talking about some interesting questions today. As always, you're going to want to grab a pen and pencil, a pen and pencil, a pen and paper, or a pencil and paper. Got a lot of resources I want to pass on to you today. We'll put them in the show notes, but if you're traveling along or driving, listening to this in the car, you may want to just uh, have something handy where you can jot down some of the resources I want to share with you today. Our business partner today is Fresh Books. I'll be telling you a little bit more about the benefits of using them in a minute. Here's some of the questions we've got for today. Dan, I took your advice and was able to leave my job in 12 months. I'll tell you what that young man did. Dan, should our 17-year-old daughter take college classes outside her primary interest? We got a whole bunch of questions today and comments around the idea of going to college, what that leads to. Um, well, here's, here's somebody who went to college. The next comment here. With a salary of around $40,000 a year, I feel completely stuck. And like the only way out is homelessness. Now, that comes from a young college graduate who realizes what he had expected, didn't happen, isn't happening. I'm going to tell you along with that from Tom Peters, who wrote In Search of Excellence, the most important business advice you'll ever hear. We got a whole bunch of things in there. Then from Emily, Emily sent us some free college and career guides that are really amazing. I want to pass on some resources to you. If you've got a disability or you got a particular kind of challenge and you want to go to college, she's got some resources that give just, uh, just some amazing help. Here's somebody who says, I have no clearly identifiable talents or skills, no clear purpose or strong interest in any one area. We'll talk about where that leads. And then somebody says, as someone who struggles with depression, I can vouch for having goals in the seven different areas of life to help weather life's uncertainty. All right, now here's our Cliff Feitner poem for the day. You know Cliff as an active member of the 48 Days Eagles community. Incidentally, got a lot of fun things happening there. We had a great Monday mentor session again where we shared, uh, had open call for all the members, but highlighted David Ballantyne's business. David has a business where he creates courses for people in the trades, electricians, plumbers, construction, supervisors, people like that. They have to get CEU credits every year to keep their license active. He creates courses and then provides the courses. I mean, what a great exponential potential business model. So we went over his business. And in the 48 Days Eagles, it's still just $30 a month. We are going to raise that January 1st. That goes to $36. So now's the time to jump in there. You'll lock it in. Stay there for as long as you're a part of the community. 
but it's just $30. Again, just go to 48dayseagles.com to check that out. Now, back to Cliff Feitner's poem. When you finally get your degree, do you post it for all to see? Does what you possess only serve to impress and get from most a whoopee? Golly, what a nice little ironic, satirical view of getting a degree. Well, we'll talk about that and more. Here comes our quotation for today. It comes from Louisa May Alcott. You probably recognize that name as the author of Little Women and other books. <clears throat> you know, there's a there's a sequel to Little Women where the, the sisters are trying to save the house. I saw it on TV the other night. We haven't watched it yet, but I'd like to watch that. I enjoy Little Women. And um, we usually watch that right before Christmas about a daddy coming home for Christmas. But anyway, this is another quotation from Louisa May Alcott, who said, I'm not afraid of storms, for I'm learning how to sail my ship. Now think about that a little bit. I mean, you don't learn how to sail when there's no wind blowing. It just doesn't work. You don't learn anything. You learn how to sail when there are winds that have to be navigated. You know, as much as we don't, like to have challenges in our lives. I don't know how else to learn how to navigate life, but having those challenges. And I just got hit with one this morning that I wasn't expecting. And uh, I need to address it. It's going to be a big challenge. I don't have a solution yet, but I'm not panicked because I'm pretty confident I'll figure something out before I have to deal with it. Well, let me tell you a little bit more about our business partner today is Fresh Books. We're right here at the end of the year. You know how important I think it is to have your books in order. There's nothing worse than getting an April 15th surprise from your accountant and then the IRS that, oh my gosh, you mean you didn't make any deposits? You didn't account for the side income you've been using all year? Wow. You don't want to do that. Keep track of that. And what I recommend is using Fresh Books. Easy, easy kind of online accounting system, you can put in, even if you aren't a real experienced financial wizard, you can put in your own figures to keep on track of what you've got going out and what you've got coming in. I mean, if you've got people who owe you money, man, it's the bomb for that. You can send them a really beautiful looking invoice electronically, giving them the options to pay right there. And people do. I mean, if you make it convenient for people rather than sending them a paper invoice where they have to write a paper check, put it in the envelope, take it to the mailbox, put a stamp on it. I mean, that's kind of an old antiquated system. Send them an electronic invoice. Boom. I get paid sometimes within five minutes of sending people invoices using the FreshBooks system. So just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and then enter 48 days in the how did you hear about a section and check it out you get a free month unrestricted don't even have to put in a credit card to check it out freshbooks.com slash 48 days and then enter 48 days in the how did you hear about a section well let me get some good news in here before we go to some of these challenging questions for today but always you know there's good news all around us here's one uh, this comes from Fort Collins, Colorado, where they have an anonymous donor who does this every year. He goes in and buys up every toy that Goodwill has at a local location there and then just tells the store to give one toy away to every child who comes in until they're all gone. 
Now think about the leverage of this. I mean, my goodness, at Goodwill, they have toys for what, 10, 15, 25 cents. I mean, think about what you could buy with a hundred bucks. You could buy a whole lot of toys there. And he just does it as a Goodwill gesture. He's done this for the last 10 years. Anonymous philanthropist routinely bought out the entire section of the children's toys so every kid in the store could take one home for free. So they set those aside and uh, they make an announcement. And as long as the toys are available, they just uh, let the kids keep taking them. The note says they... uh, the donor and his wife usually stick around for a few minutes to watch some of the joyous reactions, but stay anonymous and then slip out the door unnoticed. Now, here's this, this is a combination of philanthropy, of doing good, of helping other people, and current technology. There's a guy who put up a, a YouTube video on how to use Amazon Prime to ship gifts directly to homeless people. Now, as you know, You know, Amazon Prime has a two-hour shipping option in some of the big cities um, where within two hours, you're going to get a delivery. So what this guy shows how to do is identify a homeless person. So you can see sitting at the second of, or sitting at the corner of Second Avenue and Broadway in Nashville. And the guy has on a black hat and a red shirt and you talk to him and he needs a blanket and he needs a warm shirt. And so you order them online and the Amazon delivery people will actually deliver them right to that person. I mean, it's a pretty cool kind of thing. But he, he shows, you can check out the video. You can find the YouTube video on how to do that. This isn't sponsored by Amazon or affiliated with them. It's just somebody who wanted to figure out a more efficient way to do good. And uh, they found out that the Amazon couriers are very, they deliver, he says, the packages with humanity, humility, and grace. I mean, that's pretty cool to engage a big, fancy technological system and to help the ones who are at the very bottom of the barrel socioeconomically. Well, I got another note here about, uh, there are a lot of people right now, but there's a, a cool video out there about a UPS driver who's just giddy with delight at having snacks left for him. Well, a lot of people are doing that. People who have a lot of shipping in and out realize that it's an extra busy season for FedEx and UPS and U- USPS drivers and uh, leaving snacks out for them to take. So certainly not uncommon, but something all of us can do to make it a little easier for those folks who are helping us. Now, here's one. And I'll just do one more here and then we'll move into some questions. Nine-year-old boy in Beechwood, Ohio, has learned that those who give selflessly often receive unexpectedly. Now, here's the deal. Nine-year-old Micah Frey knows what poverty feels like. About three years ago, his family fell on hard times when they lost their home and were forced to live in a shelter. Every day, Micah would get a blanket and every day the shelter would have to take it back. This year, when he saw some homeless people out in the cold, he did some quick math. Now his family, three years later, is doing a whole lot better. And he knew that he would be getting a $300 Xbox for Christmas this year. His parents had already confirmed that, and it was $300. Well, then he did some math. Again, this is a nine-year-old boy. He figured that at $10 a blanket, he could buy 30 blankets instead of getting that Xbox. 
And remembering, he fresh in his memory, remembering what it was like to be homeless, he decided instead of accepting the Xbox, he chose to take the $300 and buy the blankets instead. And then he went down and personally gave them away, gave each one away, 30 of them, to a homeless person in need. He knew what it was like not to have a blanket at night and have to give it back, said his grandmother. So the first thing he wanted to do was give a blanket that they could keep well, as happens with a lot of good deeds these days, news of Micah's good deeds spread quickly and actually caught the attention of Xbox manufacturer, Microsoft. They decided to surprise Micah with the new Xbox console, the same model as the one he had given up for the blankets. And of course, he was in tears. They got the whole thing. They invited him to a store, took him to the back of the store where Santa had bags full of gifts, including the coveted Xbox isn't that a cool story? Nine-year-old boy gave up the one prize gift he knew he was going to get in order to help out 30 people by giving them blankets. And then his good deed was rewarded. You know, I mean, we don't do good deeds with the anticipation of being rewarded, but even the Bible pretty well promises that's, that's likely to happen. It's kind of an inevitable outcome. You do good deeds, it's the old Zig Ziglar thing. You can get anything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. Well, it's just a principle we know works. Great to see it in action these days. All right. Hey, that's it. I want to go into some of the questions that are coming in. Well, we got other uh, success stories as well. So we'll just kind of keep rolling on those. This one comes from Craig Dacey. Now, his website is Craig Dacey, D-A-C-Y.com. Here's what Craig says. I emailed you about 18 months ago as a fourth grade teacher wanting to move into financial coaching full time. You gave me great advice that only doing one-on-one -on -one coaching in this space may be challenging and to expand into multiple avenues. I took your advice and within 12 months was able to leave the classroom. In addition to the one-on-one -on -one coaching, I've done group coaching, sold eBooks, started my own membership site called Funding Freedom U. FFU gives members access to monthly coaching calls, a library of online courses, and a supportive community. Now think about what Craig has done here. I mean, a lot of times when people call, when you all ask me about this, you know, I tell you, you need to develop a Venn diagram. There's three intersecting circles, a model where you have multiple streams of income. So not only are you coaching in this example, but, you know, speaking, creating products, doing live events. Um, having affiliate connections, having a membership site. Well, Craig has done a bunch of these and here's, here's the deal. I'm going to pass this on. He says, with your permission, I'm happy to offer the first 30 days to your listeners for only 48 cents. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So you do have to go, you have to register and, you know, be a part of the community, but 30 days for 48 cents, they can go to funding freedom. You just the letter U fundingfreedomu.com, sign up and use the code 48 days when checking out. Now I checked your site out, Craig, it's really well done. I mean, I'm going to, I actually made a couple notes to send over to Brian Dixon about things that we're doing in the 48 days Eagles community that I want to make easier for people that you've already done in your community. So it's a membership site to get you out of debt, to help you manage your finances well. 
Again, fundingfreedomu.com slash sign up. Use the code 48 days and you can get 30 days for 48 cents. Now I'll put that link in the show notes. Again, it may be a little difficult if you're driving down a freeway to grab that. We'll make sure that it's there. But thanks, Craig, for sharing your success story and your generosity about having other people get involved here. This comes from Mike. Mike says, this is Mike in Foley, Alabama. I've got a quick question regarding my 17-year-old daughter. She's been homeschooled since first grade, and this is her senior year. She basically has all the credits she needs to graduate, and she's currently taking classes online through Liberty University, which incidentally is a real common process. Liberty University has a massive number of courses available online. We know a young lady who is graduating right now, who's 17 years old, and she's going to concurrently, at the same time, get her high school diploma and her two-year associate's degree. Because at 17, she's accumulated enough college courses to have her associate's degree as well. So she's halfway through college by the time she's graduating as a 17-year-old high school senior. Well, anyway, Mike says his daughter is doing much the same kind of thing. We're thinking of changing things up for the spring. She wants to take at least one class at a local community college here in Gulf Shores. And I was thinking it would be perfect opportunity to explore classes pertaining to her particular interest, talents, potential future career business. She's been teaching piano at her dance music studio for several years, has 10 students this year. So she has experience outside of the typical nine to five jobs. Now think about that. Here's a 17 year old who for several years has been teaching piano, has 10 students right now. I mean, Golly, talk about getting a head start in the workplace. She loves photography, video editing, music, music related to soundtracks for music. And I was thinking about doing a couple of basic classes and then pursuing a couple of entrepreneurial type classes that are more geared toward her future interest. It might be just outside of her comfort zone as an introvert, but that can be a good thing for the right reasons. What do you think? Thanks, Dan. I recently joined 48 Days Eagles. Well, thanks, Mike. Glad to have you involved there. Well, what do I think? And I think there's not much you could do that would be a mistake at this stage of the game. Your daughter's 17 years old, already having college credits. You know, let her take classes exploring that. Yeah, I'm a fan of broadening your horizons before you narrow too quickly. Obviously, she's talented and interested in the music and that kind of creative area. But yeah, it would help her even if she wants to continue doing her student teaching of piano, it would help her to take some business classes, some things in the entrepreneurial arena, and that'll help her see other possibilities as well. I mean, going to college is not about just getting a piece of paper so somebody gives you a job. Going to college is for personal development. I mean, that's the primary goal, personal development. I went to college as a poor Ohio farm kid to help me broaden my horizons, help me see things that I was not aware of. It was not just to get a piece of paper. I mean, I never was looking for a job. That wasn't the point, but it was to help me see things and understand things that I had not yet been exposed to. So I think you're right on track with helping her broaden her horizons in what she does in those first couple years of college. Sounds like she's position. You guys have done a great job of helping her be positioned for a great adventure coming into the adult world of work. 
you know, they, the adult world of work doesn't need to be something horrendous um, if you prepare for it properly. Now, speaking of which, I mean, a couple weeks ago, I talked about the guy who has a master's degree and is living in a homeless shelter. Well, I've got a lot of feedback on that. I mean, that's gone on and on and on and on. There was a, a post that I wrote about homeless college students will be homeless slaves with massive debt. Now, I wrote it a couple of years ago, but it continues to get um, a lot of comments there. Uh, including things like this from, uh, well, of course, that came in, you know, Scott wrote that he has a master's degree, lives in a homeless shelter. And then I wrote back and said, gee, you know, unemployment is at a historic low. You know, companies are desperate for competent people. You know, please tell me more. He had talked about I was defending the victims or I was complaining about the victims instead of the perpetrators, implying that the perpetrators are companies who won't give jobs to these college kids who have degrees and things like, um, you know, geography and American history. Well, I shouldn't be too cynical, but I mean, you have to have something that a company values. I mean, don't make the, the companies uh, the villains here if you don't have marketable skills. And I got other feedback there that said, Dan, no, unemployment is not at a historic low. Uh, they're looking at the EU rate, which is a different kind of unemployment rate. Uh, showing that minimum wage jobs are not enough to get an apartment and so on and so forth. Now, again, you can do all kinds of things with statistics. I mean, you can play with statistics all day long and waste your time doing that. I'm not really interested in that. I mean, we can play games with statistics and make them say anything we want them to say. I'm interested in getting your eyes open, walking around, seeing new opportunities and doing things in creative ways. Now, I know that one of the things that gives me an an unusual kind of perspective is that I never have gone to look for a job. Uh, My approach has always been to see opportunities and just put legs in those things like, you know, Mike is talking about his 17 year old daughter is teaching piano. She knows how to play the piano. So she's teaching other kids how to do that. Well, Jared is another one who wrote in here, uh, not my son, Jared, but another Jared who says, what about those of us who have a job in our field, work side jobs, discovered that we can never actually make enough money to pay off the debt we have. I have to sleep on my parents' couch and starve to make payments. People like me were told by everyone I know that in order to be successful, you must go to college, that you have to take out $100,000 in student loans. With a salary of around $40,000 a year, I feel completely stuck. I'm like, the only way out for me is homelessness. I've worked incredibly hard since starting college seven years ago, and I've been working full-time for the last three, but I don't see any way to position myself to get out of this black hole. In reality, I should not have listened to those advisors. Now I resent everyone I used to look up to and believe that going to college set me up for failure. I should have focused on finding work in the beginning and self-taught myself instead. Ouch. Wow. I wrote back to Jared. I said, yep, that's tough to discover that people you trusted gave you bad advice. You know, I grew up as a farm kid, went to college as a way to broaden my options, but I worked and lived very simply, never borrowed any money. And then of course, like I mentioned, you know, I've never really had a job. I mean, because of all that rich farm experience, I've always just seen ways to make money by providing things that people need. And I did, I saw college as an organized method of personal growth, but never as a path to a better job. And I'd encouraged Jared to, again, look for unique talents that he has that could be focused into generating income in creative ways. Now, you hear a lot about that in comments from the 48 Days community. 
I mean, the, the creative things that people are doing to generate income, if you confine yourself to simply looking for jobs, I mean, we know that market is changing. Companies are figuring out ways to not have to pay people for the time that they're there. Now, that's one of the big things that's changing. Companies are looking for ways to not have to pay people from their time. Let me look here. I, I made some notes on this. Uh, the millennials are on the front lines where previous generations were able to amass years of solid experience and income in the old economy. Many millennials will spend their entire working lives intermittently employed in this new economy. Um, they don't have, there's not unions to protect them, you know, to demand certain pay. Companies are putting people in what's called the gig economy. And he says, we'll be increasingly at the mercy of companies that only want to pay us for the time we're generating revenue and not a second more. Now think about that a minute. I mean, that's a complaint that companies only want to pay for the time you're generating revenue. How can a business model embrace anything other than that? How can it make sense to have a business model where you have people have somebody sitting there for 40 hours and you know that only 10 hours a week of their work actually contributes to generating revenue. The rest of the time you just kind of make up things. I mean, there are people, I, I hear from tons of people who have government jobs who acknowledge openly that that's what's happening, that they only do five or 10 hours a week work of work that's really meaningful. The rest of the time they're just paid for, you know, reading novels and surfing on the internet. I mean, that's, that's not a viable business model. That's the government because they're inefficient and wasting tax dollars that does that. But you can't have a real business that does that. A real for-profit business can't do that. You have to pay only for those things that increase revenue. It's just, I mean, we shouldn't be upset about that. We should acknowledge that's the only realistic solution that we've got. Now, one of the things too, and people are going back to a blog that I wrote a couple years ago on where you can take courses on things that I considered to be pretty superfluous, you know, retail forestry, uh, professional nanny, packaging, puppetry. Now these are, these are real courses that people can take and they get degrees in things like university studies, which means it was too difficult to even focus in on anything in particular. And so you get a degree, but just be realistic about those degrees don't have value in the real world out here. And so we get millennials who are trapped in enormous student loan debt, don't know how to pay it back and don't have marketable skills enough to be compensated for that. Well, this is, you know, this doesn't have to be all bad news though. I mean, if you're stuck in that quandary, you're making $40,000 a year and you've got $120,000 in student loan debt that looks like you're never going to get out. Don't burn the bridge to the $40,000 a year job. But if you're young and unmarried and living with mom and dad, look at the discretionary time that you've got. Use 15 hours a week to use that effectively and starting a side business of some kind 
I mean, week after week, you hear me tell stories on here of people like Anna Powers working full time. And then by October 1st of this year, it generated over $100,000 in her side business. You know, Marianne Renner works full time, valued employee, but she got involved in doing some side things. Wow. Rocking and rolling. The people that are doing things on Amazon, people that have got involved in the 48 Days Eagles community, connected with Ryan Rieger on private label, what they're doing on Amazon. My goodness. I mean, I talked to a, an elderly couple, a retired pastor recently, who are selling shoes online, and they'll net over $200,000 in profit this year. Now, they don't just go to garage sales and buy old shoes. They buy new shoes, but they understand the market for that. They find new merchandise and then position and sell them one at a time on Amazon, and they're making phenomenal profits. But look for creative things you can do, not just for some company that's going to guarantee you a paycheck. Now, for a lot of you, it, it, the, the best solution is going to be an and solution, not an either or. You don't have to choose between those two. It may be a combination of those. But then obviously, if the side income thing, I mean, we had a, a gentleman on 48 Days Eagles that we profiled this week, and he's working a full-time job and would love to get out of it. And I said, if your sideline business generated $150,000 in net profits, would you leave your full-time job? He said, I'd leave it if it generated half of that. I said, oh my goodness, what you've got set up positions you perfectly to do that. I, I realistically think he can do twice that next year. And we're going to help him look at some ways that really make that happen. He's selling courses online. There's no, there's no limit. It's not like has, he has a physical product where he has to produce and has a cost of goods sold. No, he's selling courses online to people in the trades. Well, there's no, there's no ceiling on that. Whether he has 20 people or 2000 people do that, everything is in place. So it's really just a matter of marketing it, positioning himself in the marketplace and we can help him do that. Well, Hey, enough on that. Golly, I know I've gone around on this, but it, it just continues just to, to baffle me and grieve me to hear these letters from people who are trapped in low paying jobs with degrees that didn't give them the leverage in the workplace that they anticipated, but feeling trapped as a result. Don't feel trapped, but look for ideas outside of the traditional jobs. Recognize the opportunities to make money today are not confined to having a 40 hour a week job. That's only, I mean, that's not even 5% of the opportunities for making money. I mean, just frame it in that way. If you're looking for a job, the rent is due and you're looking for a job, recognize you're looking for 5% of the opportunities for making money. I feel that strongly. The 95% are not going to look like a regular job, but have potential that is just totally unlimited. Now here I want, I'm going to get off my high horse on this and then I'll, I'll move on. Tom Peters wrote the book in search of excellence. Arguably, I mean, a lot of people would consider that the best business book of all time in search of excellence. He was asked in Tim Ferriss's new book, tribe of mentors, Tim asked him, what advice would you give to a smart driven college student about to enter the real world? Now listen to this. So he says, you know, my advice is this. This comes from Tom Peters. Good manners pay off big time. I'm going to assume you're smart and I assume you work hard, but being civil and decent and kind is the bedrock of career success as well as personal fulfillment. Let me 
park on that for a minute. This is Tom Peters, who teaches business skills. He teaches corporations how to increase their revenue and be successful and not fail. His advice to the smart, driven college student is good manners pay off big time. He said, you know, we're going to assume you're smart and you work hard. Those are givens. That's not going to set you apart. But being civil and decent and kind is the bedrock of career success as well as personal fulfillment. And then he adds, he says, oh, and two other things. First, become a superstar, all pro listener. How? Work on it. It doesn't come naturally. Read up on it. Practice it. Have a mentor grade you on it. Second, read, 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 read. All right. Have good manners. We go right back to the old classic Dale Carnegie book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Smile, look people in the eye, shake their hand, compliment them, remember their name. I mean, those are the kind of things that go into being civil and decent and kind. Joanne and I were just in Chicago. We have our little annual pre-Christmas jaunt. Just the two of us, no schedules, no commitments, just go and wander the streets together. We love that those few days that we do every Every year, it's Joanne's special birthday, uh, birthday gift and celebration. We were just there. Well, we stayed at the Inter- Intercontinental Hotel right on Michigan Avenue, where we've stayed many times, and we've gotten to know the doorman. Will White is his name. Will White, the doorman at the Intercontinental Hotel. He got a job there when he was 17 years old. Now, you would think that being a doorman at a hotel is just kind of a stepping stone that he would do that for a couple of years. And then he would go on and do something, you know, more professional. No, he's still there. 22 years later, he loves what he's doing. He knows people that come back again and again, like Dana Joy and Miller. He has, he can recommend the best restaurants, what shows are happening. He can give you directions to anywhere you want to go. He can help, you know, if, if you're in a hurry and you need to get out, he'll take care of your luggage. You know, he'll make sure your car gets parked. He'll do any of those kind of things. He serves extremely well. He loves his interactions with people. Now, I also, I'm, I'm going to interview Will. I already talked to him about that. He, there is, an, is a piece that he's already been profiled in Chicago TV. It's a little YouTube click. If you Google Will the Doorman, it'll come right up. Will the Doorman. It's a little two-minute piece on why he loves his job so much, being a doorman at the Intercontinental Hotel on Michigan Avenue in Chicago. But I mean, golly, to find somebody like that that uses personal skills to make themselves so distinct now, what do you think Will makes? Now, Will, I, I, I really don't know. I'll ask him about it. I'll ask him. He'll be upfront with me. I suspect that he makes forty, forty-five thousand dollars a year in salary. What do you think he gets in tips? I am absolutely confident. Whatever he gets in salary, he would double in tips that he gets. I mean, I see, I can stand there for five minutes and see how people connect with him and how graciously they hand him, you know, five, tens, twenties. I mean, he's busy all day long, loves being there. I mean, those are the kind of stories, you know, you aren't going to go to college and have them recommend that you become a doorman, you know, a bellhop, whatever you want to call it. 
I mean, they, they're going to see that as, yeah, that's just something you do, you know, to just start. What, what if you got a job at Chick-fil-A? Well, yeah, that's fine. You know, so you make 10, 12 bucks an hour, you know, while you're going through school. Now, what if you viewed it differently? What if you viewed it as a learning situation to really learn their systems, to learn how to connect with customers, how to provide exemplary customer service? And gee, you get noticed and all of a sudden you're made a shift manager and then you're made a store manager and all of a sudden you realize you have the potential to become a franchisee with Chick-fil-A. I mean, how cool would that be? I mean, the average McDonald's does about 1.5 million in annual revenue. You know what the average Chick-fil-A does? Four million. Four million. And they're closed one day of the week. One seventh of the time they're closed. The McDonald's is open. I mean, but if you got into that kind of a system, learned that well and rose to the top, I mean, there are opportunities and things that aren't going to be touted as college degrees or, or professional directions, perhaps from people who know you and care for you. You got to learn to see things differently. Well, Hey, here's a resource. I told you that Emily sent in some resources. Boy, did she ever. Emily Sorensen is with the center for for school, college, and career resources. And there are resources. And these, these are amazing resources, resources and tools for entrepreneurship in school, career guide for students with disabilities, guide to finding a job online, perfecting your LinkedIn profile, tips on the perfect resume. Now, these are just guides. Now, obviously with URLs, it's going to be impossible for me to give these to you in an audio audio format that makes sense. So I'll just simply put them in the show notes for today, but just go to 48days.com, click on podcast, and you'll see all these resources, these guides. They're just free guides, but give you amazing resources and connections. And I appreciate Emily passing this along. Emily's a listener. She knows the, the needs that we talk about here. Here's those time and time again, and has offered these to help people along. I appreciate that. Well, hey, let me switch gears a little bit. Got some more questions I want to get to here. But uh, just a reminder that uh, you're listening to real life questions and people just like you and me out here. We're in the trenches. We're making sense out of all the changes that are happening. Yeah, we're getting ready to roll into a new year. We want to see possibilities that other people don't see. And you can do that. And a lot of it has to do with just that. If you got a question, you'd like us to discuss on here, I'd be delighted to review it for inclusion in an upcoming episode. Just shoot that in to askdan at 48days.com. Again, askdan at 48days.com to have your question included in the lineup here. Now, this comes from Billy, who says, I emailed you around five or six months ago asking for advice on paying for a PhD. I will land another job in January 2017, but it won't quite be enough after expenses to fully pay for the PhD. Long story short, per your advice, I have, I, when, when he wrote, I remember this question. He wanted to get a PhD, had been a pastor of a church and lost that position and was thinking about asking the people in the church to donate money for him to go get a PhD. I didn't think that was an admirable idea told him so rather bluntly, as I recall, but suggested some other things that I thought he could do using his unique expertise to fund his being in school for a PhD. I mean, I'm certainly supportive of that. And what I don't support is borrowing $100,000 to do it. Well, he says, long story short, per your advice, I have two eBooks I've written 
one on doubting the Christian faith personally, and another ebook on the need for apologetics in the church. I'm also looking into creating a 10 session course on apologetics as a long-term goal. I'm wanting to try to monetize just a few of these items listed above. Here's my question. Since I already have a website, what kind of e-store can or should I use to sell these items in my website? I have around 120 to 150 new visitors per month on my website. It's been up since March of this year. So selling just a few items would be helpful. Of course, these would be e-stores that could safely take online payments, etc. Or do I try to sell these e-books on Amazon through CreateSpace? Amazon gets a fair percentage of the sales there, however. I'd rather sell them on my own site and have my own store and not have Amazon overhead. Even though Amazon would have more traffic, what do you suggest? Thank you. Well, Billy, what I suggest is both. This is one of those don't choose between having them on your own site or having them on Amazon. Do both. When you talk about having 120 to 150 new visitors per month, you know, Amazon is going to have millions and millions and millions of people who have eyeballs there. And when you have courses there or eBooks that you want to sell, my gosh, yeah, do it there by all means. Uh, don't negate the idea of having it on Amazon. That's that's an absolute first start. But that doesn't preclude you from having it on your own site as well. Now, having it on your own site, you can have a simple PayPal set up for that. So it's not really complicated at all. I mean, you can do that if you want to. Um, I mean, look at look at people like Aaron Kerr. I talked about Aaron the last couple of weeks. He had a public domain course. He had it for sale. He made it available for $48 for a couple of weeks for 48 days listeners. Uh, he sent me a note. He sold 68 of those. What is it? That's, um, well, that's, um, well, $3,200 that he made. So with what you're describing, Bill, if you did that, that would take care of six months of expenses that you say you need to be on track for your PhD. But yeah, just look at what some other people are doing, but having an online shopping cart is not complicated anymore. Now we have sophisticated systems like Shopify integrated with ConvertKit and all that, but you don't need to do that for a simple course, but yeah, get it on Amazon. I mean, get affiliate connections with other people who will promote it where they get a share of it. Don't be concerned about sharing. If Amazon takes 40%, but you sell a hundred of your eBooks, as opposed to keeping a hundred percent and selling four on your own site, well, you know where you're going to end up better with Amazon selling a whole lot. So a little bit of a big number is a whole lot than a hundred percent of a small number. <clears throat> wow. Kind of skim through that one real quick, but hope that helps. All right. I got a note here. I want to make sure I get to this one. Um, yeah, I got, I got a couple more here. All right. The title to this one that came in is Dan, don't have a heart attack when you read this. Dear Dan, I recently listened to your podcast from November 24th. 2017, which you read an email from a guy named Curtis. He stated that he's read all your books, has been through the 48 days seminar and yet is stuck. He stated that he seems to have no apparent dreams or desires. You seem shocked, Dan, but I think it's more common than you think. And so it is with me too. Dan, you're not going to believe it, but the list below is just the tip of the iceberg of my efforts to find work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. It all started back in 2003 and continues to this day. In 2003, I hired a career transition company to help me identify a job career that's a good fit for me. End result, no clear path could be identified. I've held three professional licenses. None of them were in fields I enjoyed. All were contrary to my personality. I've had at least 11 jobs spanning five completely different industries. 
In 2011, I hired a career coach. We had a few phone sessions, and after that, he decided he didn't want to coach me anymore. I've taken the DISC profile. I know myself well, but that's about it. I've read most of your books, listened to your podcast. Self-improvement books is all I ever read. I've tried to start a mastermind group with my friends and acquaintances, but they just weren't interested and never materialized. In 2015, I did land a job that I liked. It was a good fit for me, but in June of this year, the company ceased operations. I was devastated, still am. My wife lost her job as well. We're reeling from that. He goes on and on and on. So in summary, I've searched high and low for purpose, passion, and profitable career path. I've fasted and prayed, tithed, got counsel, even just got in the game at times, but in the end, it's gotten me nowhere. I'm no better off today than I was back in 2003 when this all started. And I'm emotionally exhausted. I'm not crazy, Dan. I don't have issues. My wife is a witness and can vouch for me. I'm smart, articulate, educated, and professional. I just seem to be a misfit in the marketplace. Now check this out. Listen to this. I have no clearly, the emphasis is mine, not his. I have no clearly identifiable talents or skills, no clear purpose or strong interest in any one area. As, and, and no continuity to my work history due to jumping around so much. As a result, at my age, 49, I'm a hard sell to prospective employers. But I press on somehow, some way, hoping and praying that my career conundrum will come to an end. Thanks for listening. Keep up with the work that you do. <clears throat> now, the, the, let, let me just point to a couple really glaring red flags on this. I mean, this breaks my heart, obviously. I... I really struggle hearing from people who have been exposed to my material and that of a lot of other good people and still have no clearly identifiable talents or skills, no clear purpose or strong interest in any one area. I mean, that, that cannot come from just an outside source. I mean, reading books hopefully will give you some insight, but that has to come from within ultimately. I mean, and just hoping and praying is not enough. You have to have a clear plan of action I mean, I can't imagine being 49 and I have no clearly identifiable talents or skills. Well, thus your job situation is going to continue. Why would somebody hire you? Why would somebody ask you to sweep the floors if you have no clearly identifiable talents or skills? If I'm going to ask somebody to sweep the floors, I want somebody who is passionate about doing that with excellence, knows how to do it, knows what kind of broom to use and what kind of motion to make and studies how to do it well, but with no clear identifiable talents or skills, man, I mean, this is heartbreaking. You've got to choose something. You know, passion in something is not something that just shows up full blown. It's something that can be developed Decide to do something, learn how to do it well, and passion will develop as you do that with excellence. When we see people in sports arenas who have done just that, it wasn't that they just were so talented and so passionate. No, they started something, did it well, and learned how to do it really well. I mean, I, I learn how to coach. I continue to study how to coach. Now, let me add real quickly here. You said you worked with the coach and then the coach decided not to work with you anymore. We get a lot of requests for coaching here at 48 Days from people and I look at the information and choose not to work with them. Now, I hope that doesn't sound just cold and callous, but based on past experience, there are people that I choose not to work with where there's too much of a history of indecision, not taking action, and I don't want to just continue the frustration. I don't want to be a part of that. I work with people who have a track record of success. Now, that may seem counterintuitive, but it's really not. I mean, I want people to move 
the ladder, but if somebody is stuck at the bottom, sometimes I choose not to engage with them. Now we certainly offer resources and hopefully through reading or being involved in, in community like 48 days Eagles, you know, you would have that opportunity to break that cycle and move ahead. But you know, now I, I appreciate the fact that you aren't really pointing a lot of fingers here at other people in what you're saying, but you've got to take this on personally and recognize this is your responsibility. This is not some magic thing where you're going to be walking down the street and have a bolt of lightning, you know, epiphany. Now, if you do fantastic, but if you don't start doing something, do it so well. I mean, it's the old Steve Martin thing. Be so good. They can't ignore you. I mean, do that. I mean, jump in there. Wow. You know, Henry David Thoreau said, if a man does not keep pace with his companions, perhaps it's because he hears a different drummer. Let him step to the music which he hears, however measured or far away. My gosh, you hear me talk about the unusual things that people do. The unusual things that people put legs on, and then it turns into something productive, purposeful, meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. I mean, all those things are are things that you can do, but you can't be watching from the sidelines and think that somehow you need to get the information or understanding or passion or motivation first. Those things develop as you are engaged. Man, jump back in the game. Wow. You know, you, you aren't, I can't give you a lot of encouragement in terms of getting a job in the way that you present yourself, but you can certainly do something. I mean, if it's, golly, if it's standing on a street court selling pencils, you know, do something where you make yourself stand out. One of the things that we do in Chicago is this, we enjoy the creativity of the signs that people who claim to be homeless have, and, you know, we engage and talk to those people. You know, it's interesting, some of the stories behind those, but at least they're being creative at trying to engage and get back in the game. And then we got stories that you hear me share on here week after week about people who are given a new opportunity to move up. Well, you can hear from the music there. Got a Christmas song in the background. Thanks for Sinatra taking us out here. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. This is obviously the last, last podcast to go up before Christmas. Hope you have a wonderful Christmas season with those you love and those who care about you. Thanks for being part of this community where we are, in fact, finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Check out the 48 Days Eagles. We got that special running just for a few more days where uh, the price is going to go up. 48dayseagles.com. Wonderful community to accomplish all the things that many of you are talking about here. Have a wonderful Christmas in the anticipation of an amazing 2018. Christmas.